I want to I want to read a little bit tonight from Hebrews chapter eleven, and I, I I hope that I can help you this evening. If I look a little scruffy, it's on purpose, and uh, so if you miss me the next few days, that's on purpose too. I'm headed north, and uh, you just pray, just pray, because I want to come back with something that I can put on the screen. Amen. That's right, Gary. Hartford. I'm looking for Hartford, and I intend to find him. Let me read to you from Hebrews chapter 11, verse 24. Start with me there. You don't have to stand. I know you've already stood, but we're going to go to the Word of the Lord. Here we are. By faith, Moses... Everybody say Moses. When he was come to years, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ's greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Through faith, he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. I, uh, I, I'm reading tonight from a chapter that we all call and we, we have known as the, the faith chapter of the Bible. And what a, what a chapter it is. You can read of the heroes of faith in Hebrews 11. It starts, it starts by saying, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And then it talks about all the great accomplishments of the patriarchs of old, both men and women, who were faithful unto God and who had great faith, who accomplished great exploits through faith and believing God. I still believe faith works, don't you? The sixth verse of Hebrews chapter 11 says this, that it is impossible to please God without faith. Without faith, it is impossible. You have to have faith to even please God. So buried in this chapter is the, the writing of a man whom the Bible calls Moses and at one time said he was the meekest man that ever lived. Moses was quite a leader and Moses was called of God. If you go back and look at the story of Moses, you will find that when God called him, he was so humble. That he said, Lord, I can't do that. I, I'm slow of speech. And the Lord said, well, I'll take care of that. And so he gave him Aaron. Aaron was with Moses to be his spokesman. And if you go and read the life of Moses and how that he was a miracle child himself, remember, remember this, and I'm going to tell you a short story so, so you grasp where I'm going here tonight. When, when Moses was born, it was a time when the Pharaoh was killing all the male childs that belonged to Israel. And so Moses' mother, whose name was Jochebed, took him and hid him in the river, in the bulrushes. She made an ark, and she put that baby in an ark. She, she put him there to hide him and save him from death knowing that Pharaoh's daughter would come to that river. And when she did, of course, there was Moses' sister standing back in the shadows, and Pharaoh's daughter found Moses in the ark. And Miriam went to Pharaoh's daughter, I'm making this as plain and simple as I can, and said, I know a good babysitter. And so... What Pharaoh didn't know was that when Pharaoh's daughter found Moses and claimed Moses for her own, that he put her, or Pharaoh's daughter put her, right back into the hands of his mama. And God raised up Moses when the male childs of Israel were being destroyed and killed. So God 
preserved the life of Moses. And yet, we understand that Moses was raised in, in the palace. He was raised by Pharaoh's daughter. But his babysitter was his, was his mother. Now, Brother Roy did a, a great job here uh, Sunday morning in saying the things that he said about baby dedication. But I've used this story in baby dedication many times because we need more Jochebeds that will go the extra mile to save their children. And Jochebed did exactly that. She, she did what she had to do to preserve the life of little Moses. And so while she had him, somewhere in those formative years, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not great at raising kids, and I don't know all the answers, and I wish I did. But here's what I do know, that from what I understand and what I've studied, that a kid learns 80% of what he's going to know in his life the first five years of his life. Is that right? Am I right? Anybody, anybody confirm that? Yeah, is that right? Okay, so if that be true, then, then Jochebed must have been putting something into little Moses when she was taking care of him day by day. No doubt he went back to the palace to sleep. No, ba- no doubt he, he, was, he was considered Pharaoh's daughter's son. No doubt. But here's what happened, and I want you to understand and see Through the years, Moses had invested in him the things of God to the place that he he gained great faith in the one true and living God. And there came a time in his life when when, uh, he had slew an Egyptian because he was cruel to an Israelite and buried him in the sand that he had to flee Pharaoh's palace and flee for his life. And he wound up on the backside of a desert. Tending sheep when God appeared to him in a burning bush and said, Moses, I want you to be the deliverer for my people. And, and, and this is how Moses' life went. And that's where he said, God, I can't do that. I'm slow speech. And God gave Moses signs. He threw his rod down. Anybody know what happened? Became a serpent. He picked it back up by the tail at the command of God and it became a rod again. He put his hand down in his bosom. And it came out leprous. And he put it back and it came out clean at the hand of God. God made a believer out of Moses. He spoke to him out of a bush that was on fire but was not being consumed. So here is Moses and, and on the backside of a desert tending sheep and God calls him. Well, here's what you've got to understand. This is why he is written about in the Hebrews chapter 11, because he was a man of great faith. Because it starts, verse 24 said, by faith. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years. In other words, when he was a grown man, there, there were some things that he decided he would do. I want to talk about seven steps of faith in Moses' life tonight. And I want to show you from the word of the Lord why. I, I am saying the things that I, I want to say tonight. The first thing the Bible said he'd done, by faith, Moses, when he was come to years, he refused. Somebody say refused. Oh, that's not enough. Everybody say it loud. Refused. Refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He refused that. Moses first said no to himself. And then, as, as every saint of God must do, you have to take the responsibility upon your shoulders to say, I am going to be about the Father's business, and I'm refusing to be a part of a self-centered, self-controlled world. Moses put God and Israel above himself. I want to, I want to just pause along the way here tonight. And talk about some things. Because let me tell you, when you come to God, there are some things that you have to refuse. Well, amen. You can't just keep, you know, and, and, and this is the way our society works. You know this, and I do too. That, that, that uh, people are now, now being quote unquote saved, but they change nothing. 
y'all aren't church today. I hear three or four voices, but I know I'm preaching truth. Somewhere along the way, you have to refuse. You have to stiff arm the devil. You have to refuse some things of the world. Amen? If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Behold. Behold. That word means look and see. Behold. The old things are passed away. And all things become new. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying that if you're going to be a man of faith, if you're going to be a woman of faith, you've got to refuse some things that the devil will put in your path. You've got to, oh, come on now. You've got to leave some stuff behind and you've got to put them out of your life. You cannot be the same and serve God as you were serving the devil. Well, amen. That's truth. That's truth. Moses refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He said, don't call me that anymore. Somewhere, Jochebed had whispered into his ear, you're not really Pharaoh's daughter's child. You're my child. You are not really an Egyptian. You are an Israelite. And, and when it got time for him to make a choice, he refused. He refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. You say, well, that's not much gratitude. Oh, it's not about gratitude. There comes a time, darling, when you gotta, you gotta separate yourself. Jesus said, if you're gonna follow me, you gotta leave father and mother, houses and land, brothers and sisters. You gotta forsake everything. You gotta refuse to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. You gotta get out of that world. You can't be what everybody else is and still serve me and be a person of faith. Amen. So that's the first thing Moses did. He refused. He, he just had a, he, he had a, a, a made up mind that that's not what I'm going to be. I'm not going to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Number two, listen to what he did. The Bible said he chose. In, in verse 25, it said, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Not only do you have to refuse the world, you gotta choose God. You gotta choose the church. Let me tell you, somebody said, oh, it's easy to live for God. No, it's not. To live for God, you gotta get a backbone like a saw log. You gotta have a hide like an alligator. It's not easy. The devil's gonna make sure it's not easy to live for God. When you start living for God, he's gonna throw everything at you he can throw at you. Anybody with me tonight? He, but Moses, Moses chose, and I like what he chose. He chose rather to endure the afflictions of the people of God, rather to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. You know what he did? He looked at the end. Here's where we are. Here's where we are in 2018. We live in a right now generation. We live in a generation that lives for the moment. Everything has got to be right there at the snap of our finger. It's got to be constant. It's got to be instant. It's got to be right now. Amen. Come on now. You're like me. You get the line at McDonald's and it takes very long. You start slamming the pool, uh, the pulpit. You start slamming the steering wheel and saying, I thought this was a fast food place. Would y'all hurry up? Don't act like you had never done that. I'm not the only one in here that's ever got aggravated because somebody was too slow. Amen. That's right. But you know, you know, you know what? Listen, listen to me when I tell you this. Moses looked beyond where he was right now. And, and he chose, he knew the afflictions of the people of God were there at the moment and they were not going to be easy. He could have turned around and said, you know what? It ain't worth all this. I'm going back to the palace. I got a room there with a big king-sized bed. I got air conditioning. I don't have to be out here with folks that's gathering up straw and making bricks. I don't have to live in slavery. I can go back. My, my 
mama, he could have said, my mama is the king's daughter. But he didn't say that. He said, I'm not her son. And furthermore, I'm not going back to the palace. I'm going to choose to live for God. I'm going to choose to walk with the people of God. Somewhere, ladies and gentlemen, when you come to God, you got to make a choice. Too many fence straddlers in 2018. One time in the church, one time in the world. This is not do as you are with the crowd that you're in. But I'm here to tell you, you got to make a choice. you got to live for God 24-7. you got to make up your mind you're going to pray every day. you got to make up your mind you're going to be faithful to the house of God. you got to give God your very best. I'm preaching tonight. you got to make some choices in this world. Well, it'll be a whole lot easier if you wouldn't. I know, but it's not about how easy it is. It's about the choices that you make. It's about choosing to endure the afflictions of the people of God. Choosing, choosing, refusing to be a part of that other world. But choosing God. It's not easy living for God. I don't care what anybody tells you. It's, it's, it's not easy. I, 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 I grew up, I grew up knowing what it was like to be to be separated from the world in many aspects, in many respects. And, and there were some things that we didn't do and, and we still don't do. And, and, and I, I, I don't know anything about those things in life. And I want to thank God for that. I said I want to thank God for that. I want to tell you there came a time in my life, though, that Mama couldn't tell me what to do. And Daddy couldn't tell me what to do. And we all get there. They can raise you to a degree, but you gotta make a choice somewhere. You gotta decide in your mind, am I gonna live for God? Or am I not going to live for God? Am I going to walk the flat paths of righteousness? Or am I going back to the world? Ladies and gentlemen, I have decided, I have made up my mind. I ain't going to choose Jesus Christ. I'd rather endure the afflictions of God's people than I had enjoy the pleasures of sin. You say, well, why does the Bible say the pleasures of sin? Because they're exactly that. You think I'm foolish enough to stand up here and tell you that the world don't have some pleasure and the world don't have some fun? Sure they do. Well, let me tell you, I've never woke up with a hangover. I've never woke up from vomiting all over myself. I don't know anything about that kind of world. I don't even want to know anything about that kind of world. But here's what the Bible said. Notice, it didn't say the pleasures of sin. It said the pleasures of sin for a season. Because, honey, it ain't going to last forever. It's not going to be there forever. You might enjoy a little pleasure right now. But what I'm talking about is time and eternity. There may be a few hardships when you're living for God. But I've got a feeling everything's going to be all right. Weeping may endure for a night. But joy is coming in the morning. There's a heaven to gain and a hell to miss. And if you're going to live for God, there's more to it than the right now. You're not in a McDonald's line. You're not in a Burger King line. You're in a church that is holding on and holding out and holding in until the end of time. And God is going to put us on the streets of glory. And we're going to worship and magnify him not just today not just tomorrow but forever and ever and ever and ever and ever i don't care what sin offers you it ain't worth missing heaven over ah i told you he's gonna have a good time here tonight i am whether you are or not amen choosing choosing you might you got to make a choice look at your neighbor and say you got to make a choice Nobody can do that for you either. You gotta do that on your own. You gotta make a choice. Choices all through life, but the choice to live for God. The choice to, to, to walk in the, in the paths of righteousness and godliness. The paths of, 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 of of the scriptures that lay down the right way to live and the right way to walk and the right way to talk. That's what it's all about. 
That's why Moses was called a man of faith. Let me show you, let me show you the third thing. I gotta hurry. I'll never get through all seven of them. Here's what else he did. The Bible said in verse 26, he esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. Esteeming the reproach. Just glad that the devil don't like me. Glad that the world don't care anything about me. My daddy used to say, if you don't meet the devil every once in a while, you must be going the same way he is. Huh? Anybody meet him every once in a while? If you don't meet him every once in a while, you, you may be going the wrong direction. Listen, listen to me. Moses, esteeming, Moses placed a value upon his choice. If, if you do not put a value on your choice, you'll revert back to the original situation. He esteemed the reproach. Moses, they're talking about you. Oh, that's wonderful. Somebody told me not long ago, so they're talking about you. I said, well, good. They're leaving somebody else alone. Amen. They'll talk about you. I had a pastor call me today and talked to me about an hour from another city. And uh, just talking. I said, they're going to talk about you, but don't worry about it. It's okay. Let them talk about you. It's not about people talking about you. It's not about the reproach. Moses esteemed the reproach. Somebody said, oh, that's that bunch of holy rollers. You're right. That's that bunch of aisle runners. You're right. That's that bunch of folks that clap and act like idiots in church. You're right. You act like that at a ball game. I'd rather do it for Jesus than I had for the devil. Amen. Don't ever talk about me and then go down. I know somebody, look, 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 look. I just happened to be at a wedding the other night, and I'm good mind to have all of you stand. Don't talk about me. We just, we just, well, it was all in fun. It was all good time. But let me tell you something. Moses said, you bring the reproach on. He said, I've looked at the treasures of Egypt, and I also know what my reward's going to be. I've looked at what the world has to offer, and I also know that there's a reward coming. I'm going to stay the course. I'm going to do what God wants me to do because I, I'm glad. Is anybody glad to be a Christian tonight? Anybody glad to be in the house of the Lord? Anybody? So I say, oh, yeah, that's all you folks go to do is go to church. Oh, yes, I was glad when they said and to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. That's all y'all want to do is worship and pray. Yeah, hallelujah. We're esteeming the reproach. Talk about us. Talk about God. Talk about the church. Say whatever you want to. But let me tell you, it'll be worth it all when you hear him say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Esteeming the reproach. Glad that you can be called a Christian. Placing value on your choice. On your choice. I'm not sorry for one day I've spent living for God. Amen. I'm not sorry for that. Look, God's given me good health. I won't live forever. You won't live forever. But God's been good to me. I've, 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 I've been so blessed by God that I don't have time to tell you all about it. But here's what I can tell you. That that it's good living for God here. There's some hills and there's some valleys. There, there's some things you've got to go through. But let me tell you, I've never been sorry of my choice. I've never been sorry that I said I'm going to live for God. Because when the world is struggling, when the world is reeling and rocking, and while there's, there's trouble on every hand, let me tell you where I'm at. I'm nothing up safe in the arms of God and He's taken care of me. I'm His body. I'm His bride. I'm His church. I'm His people. I want you to know I've never, never one time been sorry for my choice. I esteem the reproach of Christ's greater riches than the treasures of Egypt. I don't want what the world has to offer. I don't want your money. I don't want your, 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 your prosperity. I don't want your fame. I don't want your fortune. I want heaven. I'm looking for something that's eternal. And what this world has to offer is not eternal.
Hallelujah. Number four. I'm doing good. There's a deer at my stand, too. Just came up on my watch. I'm telling the truth. If y'all give me a minute, I'll tell you if it's a buck or not. <laughs> Boy, aren't we high tech around here? Respect. The Bible said in verse 26, he had respect. Somebody say respect. The word respect here means to lock away from everything else, excuse me, to look away from everything else and concentrate on one thing, to intently regard. So it is, it is through this meaning that Moses fastened his eyes upon the task at hand and pressed toward the mark. He had respect. That means he, he had to look away from everything else and say, this is it right here. This is where I'm headed. You can't get your eyes off of God. If you get your eyes off of God and get your eyes on men, you're going to mess up. You're going to fail. Men will fail you. Do you not know that? Men will fail you. People will fail you. But God can't fail you. And God won't fail you. His Word is as sure as anything that I could describe to you today. You have to respect the recompense of the reward. How many of you believe there is a heaven? You believe there is an eternity. You believe there is a day of reckoning. We shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. We shall all give an account of our deeds done. We, we, we're all going somewhere. Paul, the, the, the writer here said that, that he had respect for the recompense of the reward. In other words, he had respect of what he knew was down the road. It wasn't right now, but I respect the Word of God. Let me tell you something, brother. If you don't believe anything else, you better believe this. The morning news, there may be fake news. There may be, but this is not fake news. This is real truth. Amen? I don't care whether you believe the USA Today or NBC or ABC or CBS or Fox News or CNN or any. I don't care who you believe when it, that it comes to that. But I believe this right here. And I can tell you, I read the back of the book. And there's streets of gold and walls of jasper and gates of pearl. There's a lot of stuff coming for those who will live right. If you'll just refuse the world, choose God, esteem the riches of God, and respect the Word of God, there's a great day coming. Amen. There's a great day coming. Hallelujah. Here's the next thing he done, and I'm, I'm hurrying tonight. The Bible said in the verse 27, by faith, talking about Moses, he forsook Egypt. Everybody say he forsook Egypt. Not fearing the wrath of the king. For he endured as seeing him who is invisible. He forsook Egypt. Could, could I just be real plain with you today? I see a lot of people that want to serve God, but they don't want to forsake Egypt. They don't want to forsake the world. Egypt is a type of the world. The church is a, the, 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 the church is 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 different away from not involved in Egypt. Israel was the church of the Old Testament. They couldn't even be involved in it. you you had to forsake Egypt. Egypt has always been you go study the scripture always been. Moses forsook Egypt. It, it it's never recorded that Moses ever said one time, would to God that I could go back to Pharaoh's house. He forsook it. He set his eyes on the land of Canaan, and he never looked back. Now, the people did. 
The Apostle Paul said this. Watch this. He said, brethren, talking about himself, he said, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. You know what he's saying? I can't look back. I'm forsaking that. You will never, oh, help me, Jesus. You will never be a successful Christian until you forsake your past. Until you put Egypt behind you. He said, Paul said, forgetting those things which are behind me. Paul had a lot of history. Go read about it. He was the one that was on his way to Damascus. To torture and persecute the church. He held the coats of those that stoned Stephen to death. He wasn't a good guy. He had a lot of history. He was a smart man, but he was also a sinner. And he said, I had to put that behind me. And I had to forget that. And I can't go back to that. When you come to God, put some stuff behind you and don't go back to it. Jesus said one time, Jesus himself said, He that putteth his hand to the plow looking back. Somebody finish that. He's not fit. That's what the Bible said. He's not worthy, Brother Rundle. That's right. He's not fit for the kingdom of God. You know what? You know what happened to, to Lot's wife? On a, on a hillside, she, she didn't, she got out of Sodom. But Sodom didn't get out of her. And the Lord said, you go and you don't look back. But on the side of that mountain, she, she, she took one glance backward and it cost her her life. She turned literally to a pillar of salt upon that mountainside. You can't serve God looking back. I might need to stay right here a little bit. You can't serve God looking over your shoulder saying, I wish I could go back and do that. No! You gotta forsake that. Moses was in the, in the, the hero of faith chapter because he forsook Egypt. He said, I don't want to go back to Egypt. I don't want to go. Don't you know Moses had some hard times? Do you think maybe that maybe on the backside of a desert with the sun going down and it was shivering cold, he might have thought about the warmth of a Pharaoh's palace? Don't you think he might have thought a little bit about where he came from and thought, boy, I don't know if this was a good idea or not. But let me tell you, the Bible never says one time that Moses said, I wish I could go back. Instead, the Bible said he forsook Egypt. He left it all behind him. Ladies and gentlemen, you got to become an Apostle Paul. you become, you got to become a Moses of the 21st century and say, I'm not going back. The Lord delivered me out of that. The Lord saved me out of that. The Lord took me up and put my feet on a solid path. I'm not going back to that. You can't hang on to the world. You have to forsake it if you're going to serve God. Somebody shout amen. amen. I believe what I'm preaching here tonight. These are the things that made Moses a great man of faith. You've got to reach for the high calling and the prize. You've got to go and you can't look back. Here's another thing he did. I'm hurrying. Step six. Here's what he done. Here's the sixth thing that he done. He endured. Verse 27 said, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Endured. The word endure has the connotation that there's trouble and trial, situations and problems. You know what the Bible said? He that endureth to the end. Does that tell you anything? He that endureth to the end, the same shall be saved. You know what that's telling us in that verse? There's going to be rough times. There's going to be tough times. There's going to be times that you're going to struggle. Amen? There's going to be times you're going to feel like you can't make it another day. But the Bible said that he endured. He, you know what Jesus did with the cross? The Bible said he endured the cross. He endured it. You think it was fun for him to be nailed to a cross? No. But he endured the cross. Go read your Bible. It's in there. 
He that endureth to the end, the Scripture said, the same shall be saved. This is not a sprint. It's a marathon. And you can't make it if you can't endure. Anybody ever had a trouble? Anybody ever had a trial? Anybody ever go through a valley? Anybody ever ever struggled in your, your walk with God and thought, man, I don't know if I can make it or not? But you just kept praying. You kept believing, Barry. You kept holding on. And you just kept saying, God, I'm going to make it. And you endure. Go study that word, endure. If you endure, that means you're going through something. Paul went through it. Peter went through it. James went through it. The disciples all endured. Moses endured. See, see, sometimes, and, and there's a little saying. I got. If you're new here, you may not know this, but it's it's one of my favorite sayings of all time. And I have somebody bought me uh, a little plaque some time ago, a little stone that sits on the bookshelf in my office. And this is what it says. You ready? Quitters never win. And winners never quit. Quitters, that's just simple. Quitters never win. You can't win if you're a quitter. You won't be successful living for God if you're a quitter. I've seen people throw the towel in over some little something that don't matter to a hill of Kentucky Wonder Bands. Somebody hurt their feelings. You can't hurt my feelings enough for me to quit. I ain't going to hell over you. Amen. I'm going to do what the Bible said. I'm going to forgive you, and I'm going to keep walking, and it's going to be your problem, not mine. He that endureth. Well, you don't know what they said. I know what the Bible said. Forgive them Seventy times seven in one day. Four hundred and ninety times in a twenty-four hour period. Ouch. Yeah, but preacher, I'm just so weak. Don't tell the devil that. I preached that about to you about that Sunday. Don't tell him that. Here's what you say. When you feel weak, I'm gonna give you what to, look at me right now. Don't you forget what I'm about to tell you. When you feel weak in the spirit, here's what you say. When I am weak that I am strong because my weakness is his strength. Amen. So so you 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 endure. You endure every tough place in the road. You, you look Moses, if you go read his life from that point forward, he got Now look here. We we got a few around here, but how would you like to be pastoring 3 to 5 million? And you and you're lined up and you you the Lord says, "You you get them all ready. We're gonna we're gonna cross the Red Sea," and he's and he's there, and all of a sudden there's there's mountains on the left. Go study it. It's right. There's mountains on the right. There's a Red Sea in front, and they hear the horses coming and the chariots coming, and behind them here comes Pharaoh and his army. You talk about church trouble. You talk about a problem. Houston, we got a problem. You know what they said? We wish you'd have left us alone. We'd rather be eating garlic and onions down in Goshen. We'd rather be back in slavery than to be out here and to die in the wilderness. You talk about a bunch of grumbling, mumbling, complaining saints. Moses had a he had a problem. He had a situation that he didn't know what to do, but he had a God. Then he knew what God had told him. And all of a sudden there was an east wind that started to blow and the waters started to part. And they part. You say, well, they made a little old trail. Honey, you can't get three to five million through in a little old trail. I don't know how far they parted. But I know that three to five million Israelites marched out of Egypt on dry land with a miracle. And just about the time the last one foot hit the bank on the other side, here comes Pharaoh and all of his army, and God let them get right in the middle of the Red Sea, and he reached down with an invisible wrench and undone the lug nuts. Go read it. 
Don't say lug nuts, but it, the wheels fell off the chariots. The wheels fell off and the water came back and Pharaoh and his army drowned. And here Moses was leading the children of Israel to the promised land. Oh, it wasn't just that. They got to complaining because there was no food. So God created food and he sent manna, manna from heaven. Bread fell out of heaven that was nourishment to their bodies. Well, they ate that and they got to complaining about that because they sick and tired of manna every day. And, and so the Lord said, well, I'll fix that. I'll send quail. He said, quail by the millions. And quail came. And the Bible said, listen now, the Bible said they ate quail till it ran out their nose. God knows how to fix you. He knows how to take care of it. And all the time, old Moses is trying to keep all this business together. Do you think he might have endured a few things? Do you think he might have had a little problem on his hands? But he never one time said, I wish I'd have been back on the backside of a desert. He was God's man for God's time and a man of faith. And if you go get the reward that God wants you to have, then you've got to walk the path that God wants you to walk. He was a man of faith because he endured. Ladies and gentlemen, nobody in this room, not me, not you, not anybody else, is going to get to heaven easy. It's going to be some endurance involved if we get there. Amen. Okay. One more. One more. And I'm going to leave you alone let you go home. Or go to Pizza House or somewhere. Amen. No, no, I'm going to give you one more scripture because i got it here and I'm going to read it. Speaking of endurance. Endurance. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. Would you put that up, Brother Tommy, if you will? Galatians 6 and 9. I want you to see this verse because it's so powerful. When it comes to endurance, Paul talking to the church, here's what he said to the church of Galatia. He said, let us not be weary. Let us not be weary. Galatians 6 and 9. Let us not be weary in well-doing for in due season. Somebody here say in due season. Now let me ask you a question. This is just a real simple question. If you go out and you, 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 you plant I don't know, soybeans. Tomorrow, when are you going to get a crop? Friday? Saturday? No. If you go plant cotton, a field full of it, you can't come back the next weekend and harvest it. I want you to see something here. The Lord said, if you just won't get weary in due season, there's a time you're going to reap if you don't faint. If you'll just endure, if you'll keep on keeping on, if you just won't let up, keep the pedal to the metal and keep believing God. Don't be weary in well-doing. If you're going to get weary, get weary of the world. Don't be weary of the church. I'll tell you something else my dad used to say. He'd say, there is no perfect church. And if there is, if you find one, don't join it because you will mess it up. Everybody's got problems. Everybody's got endure, times to endure. But he said, the Lord said, don't be weary and well doing. For when the time is right, in the season that it's supposed to be, in due season, you're going to reap. There's coming a better day. There's coming a reaping day. Amen. You don't go plant a rose bush on, on, on Saturday and go back Monday and start picking roses. Sorry, it don't happen that way. In due season, you shall reap if you faint not. Everybody, say endure. Here's the last one. And, 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 and I want to read this to you from the 28th verse. Through faith, he kept the Passover. And the sprinkling of blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. The, the word here that I want to talk about is kept. Moses kept the Passover. 
he maintained obedience to the commandments of God. In order, in order for us to do what we ought to do, we got to endeavor to maintain our obedience to the principles and the commandments of the Word of God. Hollywood can't change us. Society in general can't change us. The principles of the church. Let me tell you something. Now look, look at me. It's voting season. Every one of you ought to vote. If you don't go vote, I'm almost preaching it's a sin. Because you, you want to gripe. If you're going to gripe, you go vote. I, I don't care if you're Republican or Democrat or Independent or who done it. Go vote. At least you gripe if you vote. Isn't that wonderful? But here's what I'm going to say to you. And this has nothing to do with the politics just because election day is next, next Tuesday. That, that has nothing to do with that. We have to maintain the principles of the Word of God. No matter what society says. No matter what politics is. This church will never believe in abortion. We will never believe in gay marriage. That's right. I don't care who the president is. I don't care who the congressman is. It's not about people. It's about principle. We have to... Somebody said, well, you know, there's no Holy Ghost filled uh, person running for office. You're right. You're right. But here's what we have to do. We have to stay the course as much as is possible with our life and our lifestyle. We cannot condone what the world does. The Bible said Moses kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood that he be not destroyed, but that, or excuse me, that he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. He didn't want Israel to be destroyed by the judgments of God. So he said, we're, we're, we're hanging with it. We're hanging with what we know is right. We're going to do what we know is right. We can't let the world dictate to us what we believe. I know some of you believe that. Some of you don't. Here's what I believe. I believe the Bible. And I believe the Bible is good for all ages. Now, now you say, well, preacher, times have changed. And there's a lot of things that's changed over time. Sin has never changed. Watch me right here, okay? Look at me. Sin has never changed. The transgression against the law of God. Men's ideas have changed. And traditions have changed. But sin has never changed. You can't change sin. Sin is a transgression against the law of God. Now, some things we've, we've labeled sin, it was just because we didn't like them. Oh, y'all, y'all going to get quiet on me? I'll just take another 30 minutes here. Some things that we label sin were not sin at all. And... It, it was it was perhaps tradition. We got a lot of traditions. Some of them good. Some of them not so good. I think some of them we ought to hold to. I think some of them probably need to be discarded along the way. But sin is listed in this Bible. Sin is in this book. It talks about transgression. So God hadn't changed His mind about sin. There was a certain church, and I won't call the church, but several years ago I read it, that, that they had decided that they were going to redefine sin. How in the name of God do you redefine sin? How do you do that? God's never redefined sin. Matter of fact, He lists a whole bunch of things in here and said, that will keep you out of the kingdom. It's in this book. He lists a whole lot of stuff. Lying. Cheating, adultery, fornication, backbiting, gossip, and on and on. And and God saved us from that. But some of the stuff that we said sin, it wasn't sin. I believe I believe the Word of God. I'm standing on this right here. But here's what I'm telling you: there are things that change. Time changes us. Time changes. Time changes people. Time changes cars. Time changes. Guns, time changes, ideas, 
But time don't change God. And God's Word is forever settled in heaven. And therefore, the church has to stand upon the principles of the Word of God. And the things that are written in here. And nobody should be able to change that in our life. And we as Christians, ladies and gentlemen, ought to stand up in the face of this world and say, we don't care what you say. We're going to believe the principles that are in the Word of God. Well, seven things that will cause you to put God above yourself. That Moses had in faith. He refused self. He chose the cause. He esteemed the choice. He respected the recompense. He forsook the things that were behind him. He endured the things that were ahead of him. And no pressure could turn him back. And he kept the principles of righteousness in his life. You want to be a Moses? There they are. Take them home with you. That will get you through life if you'll live by those seven principles. Shall we stand? Hallelujah. Amen. The ushers are coming right now to receive your offering. I hope I've helped you tonight. Somebody asked me today, so what are y'all doing Wednesday night? I said, we have Bible study. This is when I get to talk to you from the heart. And we have Bible study. I got the money, Brother Mitchell. Amen. Amen, 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 amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So this is, this is Bible study. This is how we get better to be better Christians. Somebody said, I ain't going on Wednesday night. If all you want to do is shout, you probably ain't going to make it anyway. You come on Sunday, we'll let you shout a little bit, but you probably ain't going to make it. you got to study the Word of God. Everybody say amen. Aren't you glad you're at church tonight? Aren't you glad you're in the house of the Lord tonight? I hope I hadn't bored you. If I get boring, I'll do a backflip over the bench, do something wild. I don't want to bore you. I want you to know what's right, though. And I want you to walk upright before the Lord. I want us to be saved more than anything else. Don't you? Put that old world behind you. Get in, get involved with God. Get involved in the things of God. And let me tell you something. I just feel like saying this so I am. And this is my closing remark. If you make a mistake, it ain't over. I said it ain't over. There ain't a one of us in this building that hadn't made some mistake at some point in time. And many, many of us often. But it's not over when you make a mistake. I read a scripture, and I'm going to give it to you tonight so you can take it home where you sleep with it, wake up with it in the morning. Here it is. The mercies of God are new every morning. Every morning. The mercies of God are new every morning. Every day you get up, God's got a fresh dose of mercy for you. He wants to, he wants to help you. He wants to get you through that. So when you fall, get up. Don't stay down. When I fall, Mac, I shall arise. You can knock me down, but you can't knock me out. Because I'm going to hold on to Him. 